I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Nile and Nine podcast. It's episode 105 of the Nile and Nine podcast, presented by myself, Niall, and Andrea Cleary. Hello, Niall. That is your cue. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, grand. Yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah, you know, grand. lots of stuff happening in the world, most of it terrible, but we're just going to ignore all that. Because why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? <laughs> it's that whole kind of oh, I'm I'm doing fine considering. Yeah, let's bury our just... heads in the sand. It's fine. Yeah. Um, at least we have music though, and that's what we're here to discuss. We um, do. We're going to be reviewing the debut album from Pillow Queens later on the show. It is called In Waiting. We'll be chatting about that, and um, we've got some choice songs for you um, to discuss as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think there's, you know, it's a it's a funny old world at the moment where Jedward are making more sense than almost anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I mean, we may as well go into Reasons to be Cheerful from the off. Yeah. Um, but before that, it. I should say we are actually ch- talking to Neve Regan as well, who uh, later in the show, who was uh, our album of the week last week, Hemet, from the Galway Singer-Songwriter, was uh, a favourite album of... Uh, of ours last week and also uh, one of the best Irish releases of the year. So wanted to have a quick chat with uh, Neve about that. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. So Jedward, <laughs> um, their tweet uh, to Ian Brown gave me a lot of joy because the opposite is happening with Ian Brown and Noel Gallagher about masks and anti-vax and stuff like that. Refusing to wear masks and refusing to recognize the truth. Um, Jedward just tweeted the public have lost all respect and credibility for your views your music and cheekbones are a dream but your tweets are a nightmare (laughs) thumbs up (laughs) they're fantastic they're absolutely fantastic I saw somebody tweeting something um, maybe yesterday it was like if you told me that Jedward were leading the Antifa movement in Ireland in 2020 I wouldn't have believed you but here we are (laughs) 
Um, yeah, they've they've had a lot to say about J.K. Rowling, and basically, if there's there's somebody out there being a bollocks, Jedward are here to um, defend us. To all. very politely call them out on it, which I love. I absolutely love. Um, still haven't listened to any of their music that they put out yet this year. So, um, I mean, they're really just personalities, right? They're not. No, they, well, they are <laughs> technically musicians. Yeah, but technically I think they have an album. They're out. most known for being personalities at this point. They're I really good so. at social media and sending. They're so good. And sending DMs. They started using the. Uh, they're the first pe- people I saw to use the voice uh, feature on uh, Twitter, just mm-hmm. sending people um, little messages. So I haven't gotten a DM yet from them. Yeah, look, you know, it'll come. I'm it'll just... come. You know, your your time is coming up. It's autumn soon. Um, it is uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. you know it's really we're going to get into the depths of autumn and that's when uh, Jedward are going to say hello to you I'm sure I hope of it. so I hope they they know how much that would mean to me <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for the right time that's all they're doing mm. yeah so in the meantime um, there's loads of other stuff happening which we're not going to get into including uh, Madonna is going to direct her own life story did you hear that yeah, I did. And she's writing it as well. Yes. No, no better woman, I suppose. Yeah, there are so many untold and inspiring stories. And who better to tell it than me? Indeed. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> who better than I? <laughs> who better than I to tell the story of my life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's essential to share the roller coaster ride of my life with my voice and vision. Exactly. Is she also going to be in it or... Is someone going to be playing her younger years? That's not clear, but hopefully she won't be playing every part of her. Um, I, come here, I would absolutely hope that she's playing every part <laughs> in a kind of, some kind of a, a big mama's house situation. Wow, that, big that mama's would, house reference. Wasn't expecting that. that. Would, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's here's an aside. I <laughs> I haven't thought about this in years. I uh, an ex boyfriend of mine who doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can say this. Um, <laughs> once talked in his sleep, and he said the sentence, <laughs> "Big Mama's house is me." <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Big Mama's house is making a big comeback. <laughs> And there was no, there was no new Big Mama's House movie or anything just fully formed <laughs> from his subconscious. Wow. Yeah, oh, I haven't thought about that in years. I'm so happy I remembered that now. That's, that's very specific. Yeah. Uh, wow. Hello to him if he does listen. Sorry for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is something else. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I can't I'm beat a, that. I can't beat that. I'm a terrible chatter in my sleep. Are you? Um, Are you the yeah, kind of person that someone can to talk to you? Yeah. Have a full bone conversation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've had situations where I've been recorded on people's phones, yeah, and they'll be having a conversation with me, and I'm like, I did not consent to this recording or this conversation. Thank you very much. But yeah, no, I've, I've been known to have a little, uh, not very often, maybe once every couple of years, I'll just get up out of the bed and go for a little walk and um, wake up somewhere else in the house, right? Mildly terrifying. I do live on the fifth floor and I do have a balcony, so yeah. <laughs> let's hope that stays safe. Yeah, well, um, what does it mean? What does it mean when you sleepwalk? Are you trying to run away from something? It probably means I need to pee and I'm oh. trying to find the bathroom, to be honest. As long as you're not leaving your house. <laughs> yeah. Then that's not the worst thing. You yeah. just want to stretch your legs a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I, think no, it's more I, know, I have no idea what it means. Yeah, it's more common than you think, I think, isn't it? Like people I think so. Or than one would think, as opposed to you yes. specifically. Uh, yeah, so um, what else is going on? Do we have reasons to be cheerful this week? Well, yours was Jedward, was it? Well, I have another reason to be cheerful. 
Okay, yeah, fire away. Um, on this day in 1985, Kate Bush released Hounds of Love. Oh my god! So I just thought oh. I'd just give that to you today, um, that which is of course was feature. partly recorded at uh, Windmill Lane in Dublin. So yes, you know, you know there is an Irish angle. So it's so it, it was the album, not the single, that was this day, was it? Yes. yes. Wow! Oh so my goodness! I was three. That's- and it was released uh, in 1985. So there you go. I was very much not yet born. Um, so I've I've always existed in a world where Kate Bush's Hounds of Love has existed, which I do like. That is nice. Yeah, that's God. That's like one of my favorite albums of all time. I I, I adore that album. I did once for this very podcast do a um a Kate Bush sort of primer. Um, or was it a uh songs you might yeah, love and yeah. you should. Um, which people can go listen to if they want. I think it was one of our early episodes. Indeed it was. Um, that wasn't very enjoyable now. That was good. Yeah, that was fun. Um, my, I, I have two small reasons to be cheerful. Neither of them are music related. Uh, okay. One is that I uh, requested that Facebook delete my account and all associated data uh, last month. And you have to wait a month to do it. Uh, or for them to do it so that you can like log back in and um, chicken out of doing that. Uh, but I didn't and it's gone now. And I know Facebook are no longer using my data to do their evil, evil deeds. Um, and that made me quite cheerful today. Uh, so that's good. Um, and the other one is, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but I remembered the, f- did you, do you remember seeing the trailer for the film Promising Young Woman? No. Nothing to do with the Caroline O'Donoghue novel. It's an it's American film. Well, basically, this trailer came out like last, um, maybe last November. And it was genuinely the only film I have been excited to see in 2020. Like I really, I'll go to see the Batman. I'll go, I'll go to these things. But like, this was like, oh my God, it's coming out in April. I can't wait. And then the thing happened um, and it didn't get a release. So I went onto Twitter and I was like, does anyone know what the story with this is? Because I had assumed it was just not going to happen now um, because it is a film that is very kind of, um, it's a female protagonist or maybe antagonist. Um, It is discussions around rape culture but it's also a black comedy and it's just one of those films that I worried would be pushed aside for things like Tenet and things like Candyman and the the kind of the bigger releases but it seems uh, Irish film Twitter uh, came to the rescue and um, all but assured me that it is going, going to be coming out next year um, it's one of the best trailers I've ever seen absolutely go and watch the trailer after after the podcast because it's just like the, even the use of music in it is stunning Um so that's my my reason to be cheerful is there's still hope for that film coming out, which is genuinely the only thing I was looking forward to in 2020. So. <laughs> uh, interesting yeah. cast, Carrie Mulligan, Bo Burnham, Alison Brie, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Coolidge, Connie Adam Britton, Brody. Adam, Adam Brody's not even mentioned on this list here. Um, what? Laverne Cox. Yeah. Um, uh, this is just uh, from a cursory Google search. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, okay, sounds interesting. Very good. Yes, it it, it is definitely going to be. And and uh, anybody who responded to the tweet who has seen it has said that it was one of the best films they've seen uh, this How year. How have people you seen know? it? Like a press thing? Yeah, some. It, it was screened at Sundance, and I think it was screened at the Dublin International Film Festival as okay, well. Okay, yeah. Um, so a couple of people have seen it and have said that it's amazing. So excited okay. for that. Speaking of your first point, have you watched the Netflix show The Social Dilemma? Yes. You yes, have? I have. Yeah, I, I watched, watched it the other day. It's very good. Very good. Yeah, I watched um, it last night. Yeah. Did, yeah. Are you going to delete your social media accounts? No, because I have to promote promote stuff, unfortunately. What about Facebook? Oh, yeah, I suppose yeah, yeah, there's people, Le- people do the, use Nine yeah. and Facebook quite a lot. So, But yeah, not as much fair. as they used to. It's so, I mean, they did a new design. It's so gross. Mm. Um, everything about Facebook is pretty terrible for me personally. But um, Oh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Facebook's bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like evil bad. It's not just like time wasting. It's so bad. Yeah, I do. I, I recommend that. Um, I know we're kind of doing our... We usually do this at, at the end of the podcast, but fuck it. Um, I do recommend people watching that, uh, even just to kind of have, just to arm yourself with the information around what social media is actually doing for you, your mental health, and also for like global politics. Um, it's probably a good idea to know about that and Check maybe in. delete your Facebook. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think there's just like that rabbit hole podcast series from a, a, mm. a while back. It's very similar tone to that, like how, how we have wild, widely differing um, uh, stances and opinions in life at the moment, with uh, many people diverging on different paths in terms of uh, the truth that they relate to or the truth that they think is truth or, or you know, the narrative that people follow. Yeah. It's scary time for that, for sure. Um, it is. So we're not going to add to it by... Uh, <laughs> bringing in any sort of uh, speculation um no. we are going to uh talk about we're going to we're, we're going to review an album um from uh, a band who actually co-hosted this uh podcast back last year when things were for the much Fontaine's more DC album if I'm not that's mistaken. right yeah, yeah. Oh, we should have got Fontaine's on to review their album. No. Oh my God, we should have. <laughs> oh my God. Oh well. well the I, band... I, don't, I don't think they'd return my calls, to be honest. No, probably not. Well, the band in question are Pillow Queens and uh, the album is In Waiting. And we have been waiting for this debut album for a fair amount of time, I would say. Um, but we're delighted it's finally here. And uh, I'm going to play a song which is the opening song from uh, the album I'm still a baby If you're still waiting outside I've got your eyes and cheeks in front of me Filling the space between my thighs I roll you up and crack you open We look like a couple of teens Singing, burning, holy ghost, and apologizing me. If you remember the 
Pillow Queens is the band and In Waiting is the album. The reason we're, uh, this isn't out till 25th of September, but because next week is such a stacked uh, release, uh, we are actually doing it this week as opposed to next week because we have other plans for next week. Uh, but yeah, there, it's it's one of those weeks where there's nothing on this week in terms of regular stuff and then there's loads next week. There's We've got new albums from Sufjan, uh, Idols, Paddy Hanna, Sylvana. So Roisin Murphy's been moved out to the following week, so that's something. But there is, um, so we thought we'd uh, focus on Pillow Queens this week. And uh, Pillow Queens, of course, are Pamela Connolly, uh, Sarah Corcoran, Rachel Lyons, and Cathy McGuinness, who have basically been making very nice, melodic, uh, indie garage rock for uh, maybe three years now, or maybe longer, probably longer. Actually, it's hard to know what how long time is anymore. But uh, 2017 was when uh, they first came out with Calm Girls, the three-track EP. Um, and then State of the State was 2019. This is an album then, which was recorded with Tommy McLaughlin in Donegal. Uh, it's 10 tracks, which is a lovely uh, length. Um, uh, not too long. And uh, we're actually, I guess if you're a, a Pill Queens fan, you'd be familiar with a lot of the songs from it. The single there, Holy Show, was one of the most recent ones. Uh, but there's also Handsome Wife, How Do I Look, uh, Gay Girls and Brothers, which have been previously released. So um, we obviously, uh, having had the band co-host uh, a podcast before, we are, are we, are we somewhat biased? <laughs> um, I, I hope not. I mean, I, I feel like if we didn't love this album, we just wouldn't have covered it. That tends to be my, um, my kind of uh, policy when it, when it comes to there. like Irish <laughs> Well, for me personally, when it comes to like Irish musicians who I think are lovely, um, if I don't like their stuff, I just won't cover it. But thankfully, um, I I love this album. And like I've been, I think I've been saying like, I don't know, many podcasts I've said like Pillow Queen's album is out this year. And like that, it's just, it's just for me, one of the, the year's most kind of... Um, one of the most exciting like especially debuts because I feel like Pillow Queens are one of those bands that just kind of seem to emerge fully formed with this unique sound this style and this charisma um that it's hard to imagine any growing pains with this band like you know their their first EP Calm Girls was just so to, to me it was just so indicative of like a band that was really confident in their own sound, really confident playing together and writing together. And from there, the only way was up kind of thing. So I've been really, really looking forward to this. And yeah, like like you said, there's there's a few songs on this that we have heard already, but I think they're kind of contextualized in a new and interesting way when they're with, is, is it five or four songs that we've heard already? I know you listed them off there. Uh, three, five. five yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we have heard half the album and the other half of the album is just as good, um, which is, which is great. Um, and I, I think it, it ebbs and flows really beautifully. Um, and two distinct halves as well, I would think it's fair to say. There's, um, sorry. There's a there's a long, nice long outro to um, uh, Liffy yeah. on the album, so it kind of feels like side A and side B, yeah. which I think is intentional. It does, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think this is such a brilliant debut, and I I can I can imagine that there has been a bit of 
pressure on this band considering you know like like I said not only did they emerge fully formed but they kind of emerged with fans um they were they were booked yeah. for once to watch gigs before they'd played a gig um they just they just had this buzz around them um so i can imagine that it it was that it's it's nerve-wracking put putting out a, a debut album for fans who have been following you and supporting you for 3 years um but i think that this album really rewards those fans um i listened to did I listen to it or did I read it? An, an interview anyway, with a couple of members of the band about how the album was kind of put together and selected. Um, and there was a, a live stream with um, with some fans. And I'm not sure if it was like a voting, I, I should have checked this, sorry, but I, I'm not sure if it was like a kind of a voting system thing, but they had input from their, from their fans and from their supporters as to what... Um, what songs were going to be included. Um, and I think that the, the notable exclusion on this album is the song Rats, which is, I think, one of their first kind of hits um, or one of the first songs that a lot yeah, of people would have heard from them. Absolutely. Um, but besides that, um, the exclusion of that song, which which maybe actually wouldn't have fit the tone as well. I'm not sure where I'd put it if I was putting it on this, maybe as an opener. But um, yeah, I th- I think the tone on this is really consistent. You know, they have this really great way of being, um, sort of tough, but also quite vulnerable at the same time. Um, and taking experiences that are that are universal, but every now and then just kind of nodding to maybe the the language that we use in Ireland or specifically in Dublin to discuss those experiences um but yeah that's that's my my opening thoughts anyway what what about you Niall? are you are you digging it ah uh, yeah of course yeah. i am yeah, I knew you would. i'm a big fan of pill queens um i think uh like i've seen them live a good number of times mm. now i had them play for myself at, at the dublin sound event probably well it was, it was a year over a year and a half ago now when a lot of their fans showed up and it was just really sweet it was like that was an all ages gig and it was just really nice to see that and obviously there's probably a lot of uh, gay girls there as well who um, you know identify with the band and I think that's really a lovely part of it as well that's maybe you know it's not obvious from the music or anything really other than the fact that it's called gay girls but you know it is you know there's a, a band you can cheer on and a band that teenagers can uh you know, uh, identify with um, and be inspired by as well, which is uh, something that's really good. Not only that, but obviously, I think, I actually think, you're right, yeah, Gay Girls is the only song from the earlier stuff that's uh, on this album, but, uh, you know, you could have had Favourite there as well, but it's kind of nice when that happens, I think, that, like, you don't want your debut album sometimes to be totally yeah. full of songs that you've been released before. Kind of hard to get too excited about it sometimes, but I think yeah, as the way this flows, I think this works really well. Um, Holy Show is the opening track. I think that's the well. I mean, there's three, four great songs on this easily, um, but there's no bad songs on this. Ultimately, mm. um, Holy Show, Handsome Wife, How Do I Look, and Gay Girls and Brothers are all in there, and then getting to know songs like Liffy, um, which I really like at the moment, um. And uh, Child of Prague as well. I think there's just, I just think it's a it's a wonderful example of a band doing what they do. There's no great uh, thematic 
and big narrative applied to it or anything like that. Just 10 really solid songs, uh, really positive um, debut album. And it sounds wonderful. Drums sound brilliant on this as well. I think there's a lot to be said for the production on this with by Tommy McLaughlin mm-hmm. and with the band as well. I think it sounds the way it should and uh, it's very pleasing for me. I'm just uh, I'm just very happy for them. I think it's really great to finally get to the point where there is a Pillow Queens album ready yeah. and here. And uh, we are finally arrived with um, uh, the album. So, uh, yeah, I'm look. I'm <laughs> this is uh, this is going to be one of those ones that I think a lot of people are going to be listening to for the next few months. I I think so too, and I think it is like like a lot of albums we've been discussing in the past six months. It um it is a shame um that we're not going to get to hear these songs in a context that I really really want to hear them. I mean, you were talking there about the all ages gigs that they that they played and um like. A, a Pillow Queen show is a really special show, um, and I think I think it, it like liveness is really built into their music. Like it, it, their their music is quite anthemic. Like you could take that that outro in Gay Girls um, and just like it's it, it's such a powerful thing to kind of sing along to um, with communities that you might not know in real life or just fans that are are coming together around this band and around this kind of um this expression of a certain identity that isn't exactly you know prevalent in in the music industry um and yeah there's always something a bit cathartic about seeing pillow queens live and i think it, it is a great shame that um i mean i've i i imagine they are going to play some gigs um but it's a shame that I'll have to see them sitting down and I can't be, you know, up the front screaming in their faces <laughs> and things. And Because, I mean, this is a band that makes me feel like like a fan, like a proper fan who, like, wears the merch and just really, really kind of... Because, because they give so much back is the thing. Like, they, they do the thing that I want my favourite bands to do. Like, they... They support social activism. They speak out about injustices. They they do the work for their community, um, like their the the music community at, at large, but also representation of of gay and queer women in music. Um, and they do the work for their scene as well. They're always supporting emerging artists. They they feel like a band that if I was a teenager, if I was a fourteen year old girl that I could go up to them after a show and be like, hey, I want to learn to play the guitar. What should I do? And they'd be like, well, learn to play the guitar. Why not? Um, I find them really inspiring. And yeah, this this album, I think just it it encompasses so much. It's just so many things about rock music that I love. I love the kind of slacker sound of it. The vocals on it, I, I will never not be charmed by that lilt. Um by that inherent Irishness and how, how how it just transcends its own place into its own thing. Um, I really, really love that. Um, and I think like you you mentioned the dr- the drums there. They are, they are produced impeccably. Um, and those kind of beautifully melodic guitar lines that sometimes actually veer into maybe even like a Mac DeMarco territory on, on, on some songs here that I really, really love. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I, I wish I could see it live in a big sweaty room. I, I know I will someday. So that's given me a bit of hope, but, um, 
it's it it's a really exciting album um and it really makes me feel positively about Irish music and I mean I think that that's that's probably the biggest praise that I can give um an album because it just it it makes yeah. me feel like it it transcends them being an Irish band or you know a, a female led band or or like a queer band it's ju- it's just a great album and it it yeah, is also these other saying, things but it it is essentially like at its core brilliant music making absolutely and worth saying that you know not only is it like a really good irish album it's a really good uh, international yeah, album as absolutely. well they bo- this is a band who've been getting loads of um interest from abroad and you know their style definitely fits in with the uk vibe as well and they get lots of bbc6 uh, music play stuff like that and i hope it continues for them because they're well able for it and they're wiping a lot of these uh, uk bands uh, who have a lot of hype um, who get nominated for Mercury Pre- Music Prize? Mopping the floor with them. Mopping the floor with the with Porridge Radio and yeah. stuff like that. Ah, uh, look, they're just a better band, and that's these are better songs. And um, and and think... and they're a better band than they were a year ago. And a year ago, they were a better band than they were a year before. And I think that's what's so exciting about them is that they've they they kind of sprung up with this excitement and with this kind of. Um, this work ethic and they haven't slowed down they just have this incredible momentum and i've i i've just nothing but confidence for their career going forward i i reckon this album is going to be really really loved by fans and critics and um it, it it'll do well impromptu pop quiz for you oh. um which which artist this is you're not going to get this but <laughs> it's good to, to, <laughs> it's uh, it, the odds are stacked against you oh, here jesus uh, my favorite rachel and kind from of the band, quiz <laughs> rachel rachel and kathy from the band apparently met on a fan form from a particular irish artist do you know particular who that artist irish is? artist yes i'm gonna say fan form fan forms haven't been a thing since the 2000s yes so I'm gonna say. Do you want a clue? Do you want a bit more of a clue? Yeah. It's a woman artist. I I immediately assumed that, so that's actually not helpful. <laughs> um, okay, I thought it'd help a little bit. Um, Enya. <laughs> Good shout, but no, no not Enya. Mary no, Black. Uh, <laughs> no, but I would like to hear Pillow Queen's cover an Enya song. Absolutely. Um, I I I want to do an Enya compilation. <laughs> all the all the Irish bands doing uh, Enya covers. I'd like to hear that. Sorry, the Make answer that happen, is. Niall. I've been you, thinking about it this you, week. You know <laughs> Irish artists. A lot of them owe you a favor, right? Get the, get them all together. Yeah, I might do that. Um, it is Gemma Hayes, actually. Who ah, the artist, uh, that makes yeah, sense. So yeah, there you go. That was revealed in a London in stereo. Um, five songs that inspired Pillar Queens, but also included uh, Big Teeth's masterpiece, um, Mitski, Your Best American Girl, Hop Along, Kids on the Boardwalk, and Manchester Orchestra. In case you want to find that and have a look at that. So yeah, that is Pillar Queens. Um, I think yeah, we'll be listening to Pillar Queens, and hopefully, yeah, I definitely want to hear them, uh, see them live again. I really want to hear uh, songs from this album get played on the radio as well, because I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. What is your standout track? Um, ah, uh, 
I'll I'll give you two. I'll give you one that's been released and one that hasn't. Uh, let me think. Um, I think Ho- Holy Show in terms of the in terms of the singles that we've had. I'm just absolutely adore that. Um, Brothers was released. Du-du-du-du. Let me think. I quite like the closer, uh, Donna Mead. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna say Donna Mead. Um, for the for the non-released one, but I mean, there's not there's not a bad one on it. No, there isn't. Absolutely not. What about you? Um. Uh, well, I'm. I will pick. Uh. Well, Liffy is the one for me. Non. Not released at the moment. And uh, Holy Show. Uh, opener. Yeah. It's such a strong it opener. Is. So I think that's great. And I also love this track, which is How Do I Look. Okay, that's Pill Queens. The album is out on 25th of September. It is called In Waiting. And uh, yeah, check it out when it comes out on Friday. Uh, next, so um, on to the songs of the week from us. Um, before that, I want to say patreon.com forward slash 909 for your support. Loads of people have been supporting us uh, recently and it really is um, uh, important and uh, uh, appreciate it. Uh, you, uh, if you are enjoying what we're doing on the podcast or on the website uh, that you you if you are in position to from a five or a month support us and uh, you get exclusive playlists and um you will actually be getting you know maybe some other exclusives and maybe some pillow queen exclusives next week so sure look you just have to join and find out okay that's patreon.com forward slash 99 up next is a our first song of the week it is from sufian that's sufian stevens sufian stevens it is a uh, video game.
Okay, that is Sufjan Stevens, and I say okay a lot when I come out of the songs, don't I? <laughs> I hadn't noticed, but uh, I have been receiving a lot of letters about it, so yeah, maybe, oh, yes. maybe stop it. Yeah, there's a pile of letters there. Um, what would a Sufjan Stevens video game look like? <laughs> right? I mean, it would be set in Illinois, and I think you would shoot love hearts at just people in in the street and they would transform from being sad looking to being happy looking but like you know that the happy emoji that still has the tear yeah <laughs> um those would be like your happy 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 sad yeah i don't know i'd i'd like a sofian stevens video game there definitely would involve some wings anyway. yeah but he doesn't some, want uh, to be a video game um, and we, ha- we have no, to respect those wishes. Um, I, <laughs> okay. I really like this song because I think like there's obviously there's a couple of different levels you can listen to it on. But I quite enjoy listening to it on like the very, very surface level of like, I don't want to talk about video games. I don't want to talk about the new Call of Duty, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, which I don't think is the, is the intention of the song. But I think it does. Probably not. It does wrap up quite well my opinion on like when new games are released and everyone's talking about them. And I'm like, oh, just shut up. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is this is quite blippy and bloppy. Yeah, it's fairly electro poppy kind of uh, laid back kind of buzz going on here. Very direct. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as a well, it's not as uh, experimental for sure. Which I guess it's something that we've been told is is happening mm. with the album. Maybe it's but, experimental uh, for him. It. Like, there's no acoustic yeah, it's, guitar. It's, yeah, it's definitely more. Um, it sounds like more other artists than maybe you would be used to from Sufjan. Mm. Um, the Ascension is out as well next week. That is the album as well. So it'll be interesting. To, I think we may be reviewing it next week and discussing that in full, the eighth album from Sufjan. So um, we will see how this all shakes up in terms of the overall sound. Mm. I know wasn't there uh, talk that the album had some sort of influence from Ariana Grande and stuff like that? Or was that just one of those things that was said and then never... Uh, mentioned again it was on twitter i think gorilla versus bear deleted a tweet that said the new sufian album said this said he's been inspired by ariana but then you know when artists say that sometimes you're like what i can't hear yeah. it yeah <laughs> so who i feel knows? like sufian stevens can say he's inspired by anything and i'm like okay well like that's he, he's just so kind of singularly um existent within his own sonic realm and sonic sound um and that's actually something that i quite like about this song in that you know it it is this kind of like synth pop song um that might not have necessarily been expected from him um quite up tempo but it still sounds exactly like sophian stevens um and i think that that's Mm. it's he's just one of those artists who can who can experiment in that way and um he, he can say yeah my new album's inspired by Ariana Grande or or whoever and I'm just like okay well I think it's still going to sound like you and I think it's still going to sound within your within your kind of remit um yeah. I I like this song I don't adore this song um maybe maybe it'll grow on me um I but I I do like it it's just it's not quite the emotional gut punch that you would expect. I, yeah, perhaps, I mean, I feel like it okay could have been for this year. It, it could have been because yeah. I think he's he's making interesting points in an interesting way, and I don't dislike the music either. Um, and and I'm not one of these people who's like who needs Sufjan Stevens to kind of be crying 
on an acoustic guitar all the time. But maybe it was just a little bit too... There, there was a slight monotony that started to creep in um, after a little while with it. Um, maybe in the... Yeah, I think the, I need to hear the album overall yeah, to see where this fits yeah. in. Yeah, and I mean, it might be one of those things where it it fits in great. I could see this fitting in as a kind of a Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus did in the Strokes album where it, it is that little bit more kind of electro-inspired, um, but it it makes sense in terms of the album. And then, you know, that song ended up becoming my favorite song off that album. So, but... Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really really excited to listen to it. I thought I'd have to w- wait until next week, but apparently it's in my email, so <laughs> gonna go. It it should yeah, be that's yeah exciting. Um, well, this, that's what Sufjan describes as his lush editorial pop album. So we'll see what that yeah. sounds like um, next week. Okay, our next track is a song from Kevin Morby, um, and it's called Campfire. In the sky was a thousand years old. Always kept time in my back pocket No man, goddamn, came to take my soul Shut the door, then lock it In where have all of my friends gone? In where did all of my friends go? In where have all of my friends gone? They billow. Thought that I saw Jessie, she was sitting in a crowd. Thought that I saw Jessie, then I got to feeling proud. To ever have known someone so pretty. So sweet, who every time she sing a song, it sweep me off my feet. But oh my my, oh I guess that she did her time. Now she's laid to rest. There's a campfire inside her soul. Okay, Andrea, who is Kevin Morby and uh, why is he sitting around a campfire? Um, so Kevin Morby is a American singer-songwriter. He has had one, two, three, four, five albums so far. Um, but I think he's one of those artists that just kind of slips under people's radar a little bit. Um, I I find him really, really charming. I th- I think his music is the right level of folk and spooky for me. Um, he's got a really, really wonderful voice that kind of reminds me a little bit of like, uh, do you know the band T- Timber Tamber? Um, yeah, yeah like yeah. a little bit of that um kind of spooky folk sound. Um, and he's yeah, he's just really great. Um, he so this is his new. His new song, which is um, in in the video, so he's going out with as well, um, uh, Katie Crutchfield, who is um, wa- 
Waxahachi. Um, and she's she's in the video for this. Um, and I don't know this for certain, but those might be her vocals um, around the, the switch in the middle. Um, and this song is kind of two songs in one. Uh, Nile and I were saying there uh, while it was playing that um, it's a little bit confusing when you're listening to it because the song seems to end and then pick up and it's a, a completely different song. So you're kind of getting two two minute long songs um, in in one for this. Um, so yeah, this is from his upcoming album, um, Sundowner, um, which is coming out on October 16th, uh, which is a good month for Kevin Morby to release an album, I think. And I really like it. Um, it's not doing too much different to what he's done before. I think that this song definitely could have been on his 2019 album, Oh My God. Um, but I don't need him to sound any different than he did before because I think he's pretty much nailed his sound and nailed his the the mood and the setting um that is kind of right for for his music um what about you were you familiar with Kevin um really one of those artists in name only mm. um that I you know pops up every now and again and you're like um oh no um one of those American artists that Pitchfork would feature or the likes and then just like I either pass me by or just never really uh, get a chance to listen mm. to. Um, and would this song convince really... you to go and have a look? Um, yeah, it's nice. Uh, it's it's probably not totally my vibe, mm. but I it's kind of, if it came on in a playlist, I wouldn't turn it mm. off. Um, it has a bit of a Dylan vibe to it yeah. as well, um, which I quite enjoyed. Um, and he's a lovely head of hair. Fabulous head of hair. So very, very handsome boy now, has to be said. Very <laughs> handsome boy. Um, he, there's a couple of really great... I, I actually haven't seen him live, um, but he's one of those artists who I like to watch live on YouTube. Um, and there's some great performances that he has up on YouTube that I think... I think if I was recommending somebody to get into Kevin Morby, I'd maybe say watch his live shows. Um, yeah online as opposed to going straight into an album but I mean it, it it depends on what what convinces you with an artist but I think he is so charming and so forthcoming and is just such an artist when he's performing um he strikes me as somebody who is most at home doing that um so yeah I I really love him um I think he's great and I actually didn't discover him until he was recommended to me about a year ago by my friend Sarah Marie um so thank you, Sarah Marie, for that. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah Marie. That's lovely. It's always nice to get a recommendation. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Our third song this week is from Gorillas featuring Robert Smith of The Cure. It is called Strange Times. I think I've fallen onto silk and thread. My head is spinning. Suspended in a twilight web that keeps on giving. The looping dervish in the lodge is lost within the ringing. Far away I can hear the sound of someone out there singing.
the unmistakable voice of Robert Smith of The Cure um, teaming up with Gorillaz as part of their Song Machine series. Turns out there will be a Song Machine uh, season one, which kind of is an album. Basically, the whole of this year, they've been doing a series of collaborations, a load of different people, Schoolboy Q, Octavian. They had Fatuma Dawara. Uh, who else did they have? Oh, um, Skepta and uh, Tony Allen was involved, uh, Georgia um, and Peter Hook. I'm not really sure what the vibe is. I guess I, it's good that um, th- it's not necessarily a new Gorillaz album, though it is obviously going to be released as an album. It seems to be just a series of uh, collaborations that they've been working on um, in the last while. But uh, upcoming ones on the album include Beck and uh, Elton John. Um, so that could be interesting. It's just, uh, but yeah, every every song has like slaves and slow tie, Beck, uh, Saint Vincent's on it as well. I don't know. There's loads of people mm. on this. I and I usually, I don't know if you heard the Disclosure album from uh, recently. I, I used to think when when this Chemical Brothers um, released towards in their later period when they started, every song had a guest first or guest uh, on it. And you're like, let's just tone it down. You don't need a guest on every song. And mm. um, obviously, this is. Um, a build as a collaborative kind of like a season thing that they're doing. So I'm not sure. Um, I kind of like the a, a wonkiness and discombobulation of that song, Strange Times. Mm. And there has been some good ones like Aries with uh, Peter Hook and Georgia. I quite liked. And actually, I like the vocals of it, Octavian on that he did as well. But, you know, there's kind of hit and miss th- things happening here in terms of gorillas. I'm not sure where it's going, um, but the... There is also other songs that like Jonas Policewoman, JPEG Mafia, Unknown Mortal Orchestra involved as well. It's just a dizzying array of people who are involved in this. I'm not sure. This seems to be very much a studio thing, Mm. which probably makes sense right now that there's not going to be any gigs. There's not going to be any Gorillaz gigs um, right now. So they're just going to keep releasing stuff, Mm. I guess. But it's not, I don't think this is a patch on anything they, any of their best work really, but. I guess in some way it's kind of a very, it kind of suits the Spotify streaming era because it's just like every few weeks there's a new Gorilla song and it's like, there it is. All right. And then it comes with like weird, you know, the and the kind of annoying Gorilla's character commentary that they do yeah. and stuff like that. I'm sort I, of done I'm with that like, now at this stage. I, 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 yeah, I like, no one needs I like that. the kind of aesthetic look of those characters and I do like when they, they do things at the live shows and stuff. But, um, I don't really need them in the album, um, to be honest. I don't know what to make of this song. I I like the the kind of the the flow of the more poetic driven bit. The da 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 bit. I'm like, okay. But I just I don't really know what it's doing. Um I don't really see myself listening to it a whole lot. But it's but That's it's fair. definitely I mean, interesting absolutely. to my ear. Like there's a lot going on, and I think maybe it's trying to blindside me into thinking that it's interesting, um, when it actually isn't. <laughs> I haven't. Dr- <laughs> That's possibly fair. Yeah, That's possibly I haven't fair. drilled down yeah, into uh, it enough. But I mean, like, I I think I just wanted to pick this this week because there's been a lot of these releases in this yeah. year, and I was just like what is going on with Gorillaz? There's just like so many tracks and so many things that they're releasing. Yeah. Like this is the sixth edition of this um, so- song uh, machine, like kind of episodes they're calling it. And like, I just was like, what are they doing? What's happening mm-hmm. here? Who is, is this like somebody just like getting into the studio and making tunes or like do these have a an ultimate place that they're, and it turns out they are, the album is, 
going to be released, but it seems just to be a collection of stuff. So I'm not sure. What's I going don't know on what's here. going on either. I mean, I I was having a conversation with some friends at the weekend, and the consensus was that Damon Albarn is a genius. Um, and but I I find him so frustrating sometimes, especially with gorillas, because I actually think that gorillas can be really hit and miss. Um, and I don't know if this this type of thing is necessarily for me I mean they've all they've always collaborated a lot and I think that they have collaborated well in the past but maybe setting yourself a a target or a list of people who you want to collaborate with like would would that then like lock you into having to release what you've made together um and yeah maybe it, that's a way of an ob- obligation of, of actually releasing yeah it like just, i'm just like, i'm a little bit cynical about like collaboration for collaboration's sake and i mean you can't really do a collaboration with robert smith and not put it out um i don't think i mean if, if i was managing either of those artists i wouldn't let that happen um so yeah i don't know i feel really up in the air about this and about this project i'm not against these kinds of projects generally um and especially at a time like now like you were saying it, it is so hard to like i'm not expecting anybody to be making music at the moment like people just need to be looking after themselves but um yeah i'm just a little bit underwhelmed but still slightly interested um i've I've very very conflicting contradictory feelings about this whole thing i think yeah fair there's no overall narrative which is something that grills albums their best grills work has always had and there's nothing like that at stake here so it kind of makes you wonder what uh, the point of it is um so yeah that's grills and song machine season one is an album coming uh in october 23rd um, so you can check out that. Um, and finally this week, more really just a nod to something that we uh, did a whole podcast special about last year, um, an album from a Dubliner called Dave Balf. For those I love is the project. Um, it has finally been announced that um, the album is coming uh, in full and uh, on a proper physical release uh, later this year. Uh, it is... Uh, a beautiful touching album, uh, an ode to friendship, an ode to growing up with a bunch of friends um, who were creative and coming from a working class background and maybe not seen with the same eyes as everyone else. For those I love, the album is, a lot of it is centred around Paul Curran, the Dublin poet and musician who passed away a few years ago. And the main artist here, Dave Balf, who was an amazing producer who had a 47-minute mixtape out um, about two weeks ago featuring odds and ends from some of his projects, including For Those I Love. Uh, it's just, there's lots of interesting stuff going on here. I'm going to play, this is the opening track anyway. Definitely worth looking at the video for the song. Uh, this is the opening track for from the For Those I Love album. Uh, it's called I Have a Love. I'm 
song that is for those i love uh, the video i will urge you all to go watch it and also if you want to hear the background and the context for the album our podcast from last year uh, it's probably june or july last year for those i love podcast special uh, do go and listen to that um and uh, a lot of people are very excited to hear this album is back and uh, yeah, i'm delighted to see it as well so uh that's it that's for those i love have you watched the video i have yeah um I found myself reading the lyrics a lot uh, as well. Like you can just kind of read them like a poem as well. And yeah, it's really affecting, um, weighty, important work um, that is also like at once a a joy and quite difficult to listen to. Um, So yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. I think that video really does underscore a lot of the nature of the music and and the sentiment behind the project itself mm-hmm. so do go watch that as well that is for those i love now we're going to have a quick chat with neve regan whose album we reviewed last week it is called hemet uh, we were enthralled by it and uh, we thought we'd get neve in for a quick chat to explain a bit more about the process and where she came from and why and how she's feeling about the album right now so this is neve regan and myself and andrea having a chat got to get some Got to be someone, got to stand up and shoulder this world, got to be perfect just to get things done. I've got to stand out, I gave him my weight and he said. This is just really us uh, saying congratulations and thanks for for the album uh, because oh. as we reviewed it last week, as you know, um, and I just wanted to catch it and say 
see how you're getting on and uh, congratulations to you and uh, just tease a bit more out of you about the album itself um how long was it finished for then you had it for a while um it was fully recorded and mixed a few times uh, almost a year ago wow so yeah well that's it like because that's the thing that most musicians are like i cannot wait an, a year for something to be released. i could <laughs> <laughs> and here there's a great thing as well like when nobody knows you or nobody is expecting it or it's not like meeting a deadline do you know what i mean it's there's great comfort in that as well like you want to get it right but nobody's being like jesus where is that <laughs> yeah. you know yeah so with the recording, you, there was a lot of people involved in it. Did you know them all in advance? Um, nope. And how did it all come about? Um, I suppose it came about with the Blackgate, um, it, which is a venue in Galway. And um, they just kind of got behind my music and gave me a bit of confidence in myself and said, you know what, you know, it would be great to have an album and we'd get behind you doing this. And um, they kind of said, whoever you want on the album, you know, we, we'll try and source, source them kind of thing. Basically, um, the producer that I went with is one of my best friends, Alex Borwick, and he um, he just knew a few people from recording and through the Dublin scene. And he said, these lads are top their game. And if you want, and the Black Gate are happy to like give them a day rate, you know, they, they'd mm-hmm. be, they like the sound of the demos. And I was just, you know, ecstatic that anyone of that kind of standard would want to play with me. Like, and I was well chuffed when, they came and it worked and we actually really gelled and um, kind of gave me confidence for the rest of the album then when I was working mainly just with Alex. Um, we usually just work together. He's great with synths and um, just coming up with percussion ideas and we kind of work off each other. We both play a good few different instruments, me badly, him fairly well and mm-hmm. with the combination. Um, Came and Gilmore and um, Pat Daly and uh, Dominic Mullen are I think they're all Dublin based and they came down to Galway uh, willingly and uh, they they brought it to life for sure yeah they gave it a new kind of they brought it to the next level you know so it wasn't mm-hmm. just me um, you know indulging myself on a microphone <laughs> so, yeah so. Um, you mentioned there that you're in college and you're studying alongside your career as a musician when, when you were writing the album was that the case as well were you studying and working alongside yeah. it and what, what was that experience like um to be honest it was it was tough enough um because I lost my mom during that time so after she, she passed away I took some time out of school mm-hmm. and um I took six months off so and then I wrote most of the songs during that time when I was and then I went back to school and got back back on the horse with life a bit. And um, so it's grand. It's It's been good because you say career there and that sounds um, uh, wildly generous. Because <laughs> I don't know if it'd be a career. Um, I've been tipping away with music, but um, I, it's never been a full time thing. It's mm. It's been a real luxury in my life, like as in any gig that I got was a little yay moment or anything you know it was a celebration it was like it's definitely a glorified hobby and obviously I'd love if it wasn't but um Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that too if it stays that way it's it's a nice Mm. part of my life do you know any full-time musicians you like uh, like you know people who work in music full-time because it is a tough thing most people don't Mm. um I know lots of people and that they commit to it and say and they teach an awful lot of music too you know they're um but yeah, I do know lots and they're doing it. I just, 
I just don't know if I could enjoy it as much if you know that this hustle I much prefer kind of like I don't know maybe I'll feel like hustling a bit more after this album I don't know it's a tough life you need to be tough skinned and you need to be well used to getting no's and ignored and um, I find that really easy when I have other things going on I don't mind getting ignored when I have other things going on in my life and I think for my mental health I need to be busy or focused and growing in other areas or I'd you'd just be hammered down altogether because mm. it's, it's tough <laughs> you mightn't have a whole lot to write about either if um true you can't be you know um yeah you need something to sing about yeah yeah sure. do you want to tell us where the uh, title of the album comes from because it's sort of an interesting story right it wouldn't yeah. be an obvious so Hemet um is just the name of the place where uh, my husband is from and it's um it's just a uh, Quirky being a generous word or a nice gentle word to describe it, a uh, desert town in Southern California. Basically, um, he helped me write two of the songs on the album and a lot of the songs, I suppose, materialized or developed or were inspired by my trips back and forth to Hemet. And it's not Hemet itself as a geographical location or the people in it aren't uh, the reference point of any of the songs per se. Um, it was just a word that I, I think, oh, that's lovely. And it's a tip of the cap to my family over there and the friends that are all musicians and um, very eager to support and be passionate about music. So I thought, mm-hmm. why not? Because I didn't want it to be some whimsical, poetic uh, thing when that's not what I'm about necessarily. Do you think you would have uh, things would have been different for you in terms of the album coming out had you released it this time last year? What are the differences you find? Like obviously, we're releasing in a very different world right now. Um, yeah. But what are you missing from from this at the moment? What What would you have liked to have done? Um, I would have loved to be doing you know gigs and going out and meeting people and like getting that energy and testing the songs in front of a real audience. Like that's always a really exciting element of the whole process but I think if I being really honest if I brought it out last year in the midst of all the festivals and all these gigs and exciting things it have gotten lost I feel like maybe the fact that I put it out in a time where people were actually sitting at home and listening to albums from the beginning to the end and maybe had a little bit more quiet time to themselves it actually might have worked a bit you know because I'm, I'm thinking positively I think maybe it, it, this might have been a good thing for me I'm, I might be wrong but um, I think maybe it might have worked because I've gotten more gig offers in my entire life in the last week um, for the future and live streams and all this than I ever got I'm hoping that yeah that maybe I maybe I'm one of the lucky ones I don't know do you think you'd like to do more of these things then in the future in terms of a live stuff? Will you be having, will you have a full band? Because I've seen you before, you've played uh, just solo in Body and Soul at the picnic a number of years ago. Um, is that your plan for live or are you going to do more? Um, we have a band, um, but because of the restrictions and everything, it's very hard to manoeuvre. Um, a full band especially when you're not a well cohesive practiced band and everything and we all live in very different parts so for the Roshan gig for example um, the man who played bass came and 
Gilmore, he he join me for those smaller gigs when it suits. And then when we get past it, so hopefully in January, we'll have the full band. And um, that's really exciting to me because like, and also I've only really played the piano for the last two years. Um, so it's been great having that in my gigs and playing. Um, it was a big, that was a big, like I wrote in my diary, I think when I was 14, I was like, play the piano on stage. And yeah. like, that felt like a really nice thing to take off and I just and since I started writing with the piano I feel like my songs have gotten better too um it's definitely been kind of it's an instrument I think that suits uh my little scribbles so Mm. yeah it's been great kind of and I did a few support slots for um Mick Flannery and he's been a real inspiration of how he deals with his gigs in the sense of like he'll do a solo on the guitar he'll do a solo on the piano then he'll have the band and then he'll go back like it's it's if you're going to ask people for their attention which I've learned um for more than 30 minutes you're going to have to give them a show and that doesn't mean you have to have confetti or anything like lights or whatever but you need to everyone has a short attention span now so it's like I walk to the piano, I go to the guitar and now we have a band and like the, it just, the momentum builds and it's a, it's, it feels more like a party rather than like me kind of being like, I'm losing them on my third song here and oh Jesus, am I a three trip chord pony or whatever that phrase is. And you know, you did start doubting yourself even though you're like, oh, I've practiced so much. How is this not connecting? Mm-hmm. So I'm um, like that. And that's just years of doing support slots and seeing people and taking notes. And like, I feel like, each year I mature a bit more musically when it comes to performance. So hopefully once everything clears up, I'll be able to, to apply that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in, in a lot of the kind of, um, in a lot of the press around the album and including ourselves last week, there's been um, comparisons to certain artists. I think Nick, Nick Drake was a big one. Um, what is, is there any particular artist that you were listening to in the year of writing it and then recording it that that inspired the overall sound that yeah actually there were a few albums that were in rotation um I was listening to a lot of Wilco Arcade Fire and Phoebe Bridgers mm-hmm. and um also I never stopped listening to Tom Waits ever so he's always been on the go and um who else yeah, I was. I went through a mad phase of Wilco. Like I saw the documentary um, ages ago about what what album was it that they were making. I can't remember. Have you seen the Wilco documentary? I haven't seen the documentary, but I'm, I, I am a big Wilco fan. So good, and I just like, oh, I am going to be. You know, I'm going to be forty and going to be a rock star by <laughs> Wilco. <laughs> like, really, and also just being in America back and forth. I think that kind of indie chug and grungy stuff kind of started rubbing off me because before that I used to listen to a lot of uh, trad. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. hardcore trad, there'll be a lot that'll be going on in my headphones. But um, yeah, so I suppose that, and I, I kind of had a moment with Phoebe Bridgers of like, oh my God, there's no one else who can write a song like this. And like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know the first time I really and then I kind of got over and then I was like yeah maybe maybe not and then she put out Punisher and I was like no no I, I am quite into her <laughs> I I had a similar thing with Phoebe it, it's so funny because I, I remember the first time I heard Motion Sickness I was like well this is the best song ever written this ever. Is, this, there's nothing that can touch this and then 
I kind of forgot about her for a while and then she came back with the Boy Genius EP and then I forgot about her for a while and then when Punisher came out this year and Niall and I uh, reviewed it on the podcast this year and we just we love her like it should be somewhere in our tagline that we are an official Phoebe Bridgers fan club we absolutely adore her she's amazing um oh the whole thing just everything about her so yeah yeah so that that they're the kind of people I suppose who influenced that would have been different before that were mm. the kind of new ingredient of what I was listening to yeah and what about now what, what kind of things are you listening to now are you listening to any, anything new there's none that I've been kind of playlisting things at the moment like mm. as in I've just been settling into playlists and also I found there's I don't know about you guys it must be quite difficult because you've listened to so much music that there's weeks where I listen to the same song and walk away from music all together and and process it all and like find like because when I listen to music I want to listen to it like I Mm. find it actually quite distracting if it's in the background and Mm. everyone's talking and it's not like I don't feel that chill I feel like oh so when I listen to it I like to really listen um or be on my own I I find it Mm. unless you're at a live thing that's it that's different but you know yeah so yeah I the last week I haven't actually been I kind of took a step away from it, I suppose, in a weird way. Yeah, that happens to me sometimes. Where I, because I listen to so much music, there there are weeks where music just kind of happens near me. Um, even if it's in my headphones, even if I'm really trying, it's just sort of happening near me. But every now and then, I don't know if you ever get these days where just something changes. There's just some kind of magic and all music just suddenly sounds amazing again and you remember why you love it so much and I get I get those days maybe yeah. every couple of months or something and, and they're always after one of those lulls where I'm just like I'm so tired of music all the music is the same to me and then all of a sudden it just <laughs> explodes again and I remember how many artists and bands there are out there to discover and I think that those are the days that kind of keep you going through not only Absolutely. just through music but just keep you going generally you know yeah I can count to the last time that happened like it yeah was, like really you know I had a day where I just discovered loads of new stuff and it was like this is so exciting that's amazing you know, all this yeah. stuff it happens a lot it's an emotional wave like I think and you mm-hmm. kind of absolutely the dips yeah, it's like I was saying to you, Neve. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, not being able to go to gig, not being able to do these things that keep my mental health in good shape means that, you know, these are the only little wins you get when you hear an album that you really like, like yours. When you hear mm-hmm. a song that you really like, and or you watch a live stream that, uh, you know, you really enjoy from say somebody like Lancome, whatever it is. Um, you know, in terms of music, you know, I'm I'm really conscious now of how aware, and I'm really aware of how. Um, music affects my mental health uh, on a day-to-day in a positive uh, uh, fashion. And mm. when you don't have the live version, it's quite different to n- not feel that. You don't feel it, you don't feel it as much maybe because you're not mm, going yeah. to four gigs a week like you used to. But uh, mm. yeah, it is yeah. just been something I've been noticing in myself, just like the things that are important to me are the things that you, first of all, you miss, but also music's always there. I'd be absolutely lost with music. I wouldn't know mm. what to do. <laughs> Mad times, lads. It's it <laughs> is. Times. It's just yeah. It is crazy. It's it, it's so weird because you know pre pre pandemic you could do an interview with a musician or or an artist or somebody, and you know the word 
pandemic doesn't come up. It's so weird to think yeah, about that. Time. Sentence before <laughs> it's twenty yeah. twenty. Yeah. I know, I know. It's uh, it is. It's genuinely so strange. I think like if if the last while, the last six or seven months or whatever it's been has kind of shown us anything, at least in Ireland, is is just the resilience that um, musicians here have, and they're they're just refusing to stop they're like they're just putting stuff out all the time it's it's amazing I wonder though if it's it's not even the fact like to refuse it's like it's a muscle if you I'm not talking for myself now but if people who've been in it for years how can you suddenly stop you can't just like your people build their lives around it you know and you could even break it down to people build their mortgages around it like how do they suddenly expect these you know how can you I, I I have such respect for the people that are just still plugging away or trying to figure out every sort of angle to just keep it going. You know, yeah. that that's definitely that's definitely inspiring to mm. see. Yeah, like, yeah. The ten, the ten, the tenacity, tenacity, tenacity. <laughs> yes, tenacity. That's that's a word that you see written down more than you hear it. I think. <laughs> That's my big word for the day. <laughs> Very good. Neve, well, look, we let you go. And uh, thanks for chatting to us. Um, thanks so much. And uh, best luck with the album and your uh, college and everything else that comes your way in the rest of 2020. And thanks for chatting to us. Thank yeah, you. thank you so much. And thank, thank you for you. the album. I really loved Bye. it. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye. So how about that coffee? Tell me how you're really doing I'm sure you've some stories you could tell He said call if you want to Write if you feel you gonna fall back in love he said call if you want to right if you feel you were never gonna no you're never but really in love thanks Neve, for your time uh, this week and uh, do go check Hemet out it is a fantastic album uh lots to recommend about that to you can listen back to our podcast last week 104 um about the with the album review in it so andrea what what else has been going on for you this week um what else has been going on this week i watched um i watched uh love on the spectrum on netflix um about it's a five-part series um, about people on the autism spectrum who are starting to date um, and what dating is like. And it's really, really, it, it's great. It is really great, really charming. Um, I learned a lot about autism and how it affects everybody differently and about the kind of the the difficulties that people might have when dating with autism, but also um a lot about kind of the 
just how different people I, I identify with that as well. Um, I really, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, everyone in it is absolutely great. I think it, it was Australian made or there's a lot of people in it who are Australian. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I, I pressed play on the first episode last night and I watched all five in a row. Like it is, it's great. Um, what else? I read... Um, Oh, I read Scenes of a Graphic Nature by Carolina Donahue. Um I I tweeted about it yesterday. Um that I sat down to kind of read the I was like, oh, I'll I'll read the first couple of chapters of this, but I'll I'll really space it out. I'll make it my like before bed book and just like really take the week to enjoy it. I sat down, opened it, and I I read it in one sitting. I absolutely bombed through it. Haven't done that in a while now with a book. Um, it's fantastic. How long did it take you? Um, I'd say about four and a half or five hours, and I just that's, that's, looked up. That's good reading. Yeah, I, I I stopped to put on the lamp. Like I, I just I couldn't <laughs> put it down. It's really really great. Um, if anyone doesn't know. Caroline, I don't know who is a um, an author who's originally from Cork, which lives in the UK now. Um, she's a columnist and uh, really, really funny, fantastic writer. Uh, she's got a podcast called Sentimental Garbage. Um, and I loved her first novel as well. But I, I really think that this one is is it's a real step up. Um, it's about two um, English uh, filmmakers who one of them has an Irish dad who's from this fictional island off the coast of Kerry. Um, and something happened in his childhood that she wants to, that she's she's made a film about. Um, and she and her friend go to the island to learn more about what happened. Um, and it's 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 a proper page turner. Like it's, it's a page turner in the same way that like a really good crime novel or a really good thriller is. But also it's a really brilliant and nuanced look at um female friendship and jealousy and homophobia and queerness it's it's just fantastic like I can't recommend it enough um if if you're looking for a book to like really sink your teeth into a really great fully fleshed out characters I think that is a really good one um part of the reason as well why why I read that was because I'm putting off reading this which you can see oh. on your screen now. I'm holding up a copy That's of a Dune. Um, hefty, is, hefty oh, tone. He's a big boy. How many pages is this? So it's 604 pages, but maybe 50 or so of these are appendixes, just like explanations and things. 582 pages. Um, and I've just, I've never read it. I like science fiction. I don't read a lot of science fiction anymore. I read a lot in college. And it's just one of those books that people have been recommending to me for years. Um, and I watched the the trailer for the new movie. Um, and I thought it looked all right. Um, I thought it looked like it, it yeah. had like way too much stuff in it. And I'm definitely... A lot of stuff. But then I have to say I'm not that familiar with doing the story. Yeah, I'm sort of vaguely familiar from back in the with day. like roughly like the the monsters and the the general all i really vibe. know is that people are never happy with the uh the filmed version yeah there, there's a lot of like oh finally maybe this will be the version that uh, will live up to the book yeah or and i mean it probably won't like be that, because so. how do you adop- adopt a book like this unless you're like the size of it unless brick. you're peter jackson you're doing over three films like 
Um, but it yeah. is huge, uh, and the writing is absolutely tiny in it as well. So, so that's my new project. Um, I, she, she, Andrea is showing me the tiny writing. <laughs> it's like my show and tell. It is tiny. Look how small it is. It's tiny. Um, and small. there's a lot of like very science fictiony like names in it that you know the kind of names that you don't learn how to pronounce them until the film comes out. Um, I read the first couple of chapters or first couple of pages, and it was just a lot of like. Okay, this is, I think it's going to be quite a heavy book, <laughs> but fuck it. Um, I set myself a goal of 40 books at the beginning of the year and I'm already on 36. So I have time. I have time to read this. Um, nailing it. And what else have I been? Did you go see Tenet in the end? No, I didn't. No. Okay. We won't I did not. Um, I will go soon. I just need to find some time. I don't like going to the cinema in the evening. Um, so I have to find a day when I can go like in the middle of the day. Well, like last time, it sounds like you can just go to your local cinema and you can at any time and it'll be, it'll be fairly empty. Like it is, nobody goes there. And I'm, I, if it weren't an Odeon, they would have shut that place down by now. But I'm really glad they did. <laughs> like it's not the best cinema in the world. I won't mention what cinema it is, but it's it's an Odeon in South County Dublin. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a nice, quiet place to go and sit and have things happen in front of your eyes for a few hours. Um, I think that's all I've been reading and doing this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I rewatched Spinal Tap for the first oh, time. Oh man, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. <laughs> it's very short. Is it? I forgot how short it was. Yeah, it's a very again like, very short, like a ni- ninety minute job. Uh, yeah, eighty two, eighty two minutes. Yeah, um, and I, it reminded me because I actually did see this. Uh, I think I looked it him up um, and Michael McKean, who uh, is one of the main actors in it and comedic actor himself, who also many people would know from Breaking Bad in re- previous years. Uh, he's on your favorite podcast with uh, the James A. Caster one. What's the one Off about menu. the food? Yeah, he? he's on that one. Yeah. Oh, so, sweet. Uh, Todd, pass that along to you, seeing as if you hadn't seen no, it No, I haven't. Or listened to it yet. Um, yeah, that just dropped uh, earlier this month, I think. Lovely. So. Yeah, worth to listen. Um, yeah, it was fun. It's still a great movie. Obviously, it's still um, one of the best uh, in terms of laughing out loud. But uh, yeah, it's probably uh, yeah. I'd look, it's Spinal Tap. Yeah, it's you know a classic. Um, uh, other than that, uh, oh, I really watched Jurassic Park, um, Jurassic Park Two. Jurassic Park Two. The, the Lost World. Set? It's the one that mostly f- um, centers around. Um, what is his name? Um, the 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 one who lies down. He says life finds a way in the first one. What's that? What's that actor's name? Very charming. Jeff Goldblum. Um, it's yes. him and his daughter, and they have to go back to Jurassic Park. Oh no! Um, and I I kind of heard for years people saying that like the second one is shit. Second one is so much fun. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I thought it was great. It was great fun. It doesn't touch the yeah, first one. Is, like the first like, one's a masterpiece, but like no. But the next one is the one after that. The one where it's set in, in like a city, and then it gets a bit like loses its way a bit. The third one. I don't remember seeing the third one. I might have seen it when I was a kid, so I have no idea what happens in that. But at the end of the second one, they bring a dinosaur from Jurassic Park to America in a kind of a King Kong sort of situation where they're like, "Look, we have a dinosaur. We're gonna." 
keep him in an amphitheater and everyone can come and see him. And then the dinosaur breaks loose and starts terrorizing the neighborhood. And I thought that was great. <laughs> it was really fun. Right. Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed watching watching Jurassic Park too. I, I recommend it. it I, don't, I don't think it's as bad as people remember it. I think far worse films have been I, made. Yeah. Watch the second one. The third one isn't even that bad either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what else have we been doing? I've just been listening to a lot of Yeji still. Um, the that all the original unmixed files or unmixed tracks for um, the Dua Lipa's uh, future club club future nostalgia whatever it's called are up now. So all of the full versions of those songs. So I've been listening to the couple that I really like, um, and the AG one is up there. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to um, her. What We Drew mixtape a lot uh, in the last while. And the Boiler Room she did uh, a few weeks ago is fucking brilliant. And you should watch it. It's great crack. If you want If you want to, if you need a little uh, um, happy hit, I think you could watch uh, Yeji's Boiler Room from a few weeks ago. It is brilliant. Cool. And that's all of it for me, I'd say. That's it for um, me too. Nothing major. I think we've got a big happening. week next week, so. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Um, so lots happening. Um well, look, uh, whatever it is you're doing in the next uh, seven days, I hope they are uh, fruitful. Did you get out for more walks? I did. Yes, I've been going out for walks. Good. Oh, the other thing is uh, we did an interview. Um, I forgot about this, but someone sent me a picture of it today. We did an interview with Virgin Media magazine. And if you get those updates, you can read that interview with Niall and I. Where would one find that? Um, Virgin Media magazine Put that into Google Is it? and then put nine or nine yeah. and it'll, you'll probably find it. Um, I'm also in the interview, even though I'm not in the picture. <laughs> but, that was the ad, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Won't take it You're too the, personally, but okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the but yeah, you can go okay. um, listen to that or read that if you want to. Um, yes, we talked about there. music and stuff and podcasting and all that kind of stuff. Very good. I'm I'm going to look forward to uh, watch uh, um, <laughs> Shamrock Rovers play AC Milan tomorrow night. Oh. T- tonight, if you're listening to it today, um, that could be a bizarre. Uh, LT. That'd be fun. Just be it's nice to see AC Milan strange. play at least. Yeah, in Tala of yeah, all places. Lovely. So, um, and uh, I I noticed they have showed it on the report on the news, and it said, uh, "Welcome to Tala, the Tuscany of of Ireland." And I was like, "My the mind games have started." I love it. Love that. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of that. So uh, yeah, cool. um, okay. So I will chat to you next week, Andrea, and thank you everybody for listening. Thanks and everyone tuning in and and uh, coming back week on week we appreciate it that's it from the 909 podcast this week uh, we're going to finish with a song from uh, Somebody's Child actually as remixed by Laboom this is uh, We Should Start a War the remix bye see ya
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.